Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with Master Certified Life and Leadership Coach, Carolyn Mabubi. As a distinguished life and leadership coach who works with some of the most extraordinary, interesting people in the world, she's armed with over four decades of leadership and entrepreneurial prowess. She empowers her clients, both young and not so young adults, to seize the reins of their lives, families, and businesses and lead with radical responsibility. Enjoy this interview. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Same here. I'm very uh, excited to be included as a famous person. As <laughs> That's I would... <laughs> right. Absolutely. So where are you located? Well, this is Lake Tahoe. So okay. I live I live uh, most of the time in Tahoe, but also in Los Angeles. It's beautiful. Tahoe is really nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so before we dive into your life as a coach and your work and your mission, I want to know the last three years with COVID was quite a thing. We all mm. had to survive. How did you get through that? And how has it changed the way that you do things now? So professionally speaking, nothing changed sure. because I was on Zoom and FaceTime and phone uh, before COVID with my clients. And it was the same during COVID. Um, and, you know, my clients are super high achieving. So it wasn't you know, I know that that uh, um, there was a lot of there was increase in clients who were going to therapy. But in my business, because I'm dealing with people who are quite already high high performing, um, you know, they still had issues. They had businesses. They had children. They had relationships, and so nothing changed in that way. For me personally it was beautiful because I was able to model for my clients and they were forced in a way to, to develop the skills that we have. We talk about a lot in our sessions of slowing down to the present moment that what it takes to be a better leader, a better parent, a better husband is requires you first to slow down to the pace of the present moment and be present yeah. So COVID did that. It forced a lot of people um, to slow down. And yeah. many of them just didn't want to go back to the pace that they were used to before. Yeah. Well, the other incarnation that I have is I have a jazz radio show. So I had interview musicians. And I kept thinking, if these musicians that are really high power, like your Taylor Swifts and people like that, if they have this moment of like not running all the time, they may never come back, you know, because it, it was it was as much as a clarion, as much of a clarion call for nature to say, all right, we're pulling the reins back as it was for humans to just have to digest the fact that everything was coming to a halt. So it was an interesting time. But I hear so many people that had silver linings. It was a really good time. It was great to you know have that reflective time. And I think for what you're doing for people. The fact that we finally have a spotlight on mental illness and it's not some taboo thing anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Although I will say that it's important to understand the distinction between coaching and therapy. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And I think that what I was trying to kind of tie together a little bit was that I think people need help and I think people need guidance. And a part of that whole entirety is that there was always this level of stigmata that would go into people that would ask for help 
Mm, I hear you. I hear you. To that, I'll add that all of us, all of us do better with guidance and mentorship and community. I have a coach. I've had coaches for, for over a decade. So there is no level to which you reach and then you are like good to go. Right. We all do better. I mean, coaching really comes from the world of entertainment and sports and business, not so much from the world of medicine. So, you know, it's the, it's the Kobe Bryant's of this world and the Elon Musk of this world that have coaches. Yeah. I don't know how much good it's doing Elon, but <laughs> I have said that, but um, you know, so, and, and community, yeah. of course. Yeah, for sure. So let's get to the exact essence of what you do for a living on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's a career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Oh, so what I do for a living is I help others live their best life. So I'm the person that's your partner, that's next to you. If you choose to be a doctor, if you choose to be a father, if you choose to be um, an architect, if you choose to go out there and help the animals, I'm the one that helps you be the best that you can be. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? Oh, <laughs> you know, in the third grade, I just wanted to be, um, I just wanted to be a mountain climber. Okay. And lo and behold, because I was born and raised in Iran. Okay. And, you know, my father would take me with him mountain climbing since I was three, four years old. So I had this great bond with nature from very early on. And lo and behold, you know, now I'm a, I'm a trail runner and a runner and ultra marathoner. So, wow. you know, I spend as much time in nature, running on trails, training for my events, honestly, as I do coaching. So how do you take that marathon further? How is it that it's mega? How, how does that work? So ultra marathons are any distance over a marathon distance. Okay. And so, you know, 50 kilometers, 50 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles, and almost always they're on trails. Yeah. And it's really a very different sport than road running because there's a lot of vertical, there's a lot of ups and downs, and you're dealing with, um, you know, running on on uh, surfaces that are technical. So it's in that way, it's a different sport, but it is about running and, and hiking when it's straight up like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be, I used to be a runner in high school. I was in cross country and uh, I got shin splints so bad that I've gone to cycling. Cause it's a little bit more fluid. It's a little bit yes. less of the pounding of the feet and the shins and, you know, so, yes. Yes. but um, so let me ask you this, you know, you mentioned growing up in Iran, you mentioned nature, but what were some of the other seeds that were planted into you to become who you are, which is not just somebody that's doing a job, you're helping people, you're actively giving of yourself. How did this happen? So I would say that as a coach, you might be interested in this. My area of focus is young adults and how this started was you know, I'm coaching leaders and entrepreneurs and CEOs. And they would say, would you talk to my kid? The kid is 18. The kid is 23. The kid is 32. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I would say, of course. And I soon noticed that the issue for so many parents, um, parents of means, okay, the kind of people I work with is that their kids are not stepping into their own lives. They're not taking ownership. They're not taking what I call radical responsibility for their lives and creating their own lives. So I've spent time thinking about the question that you've asked because I can and do help them. And I'm like, well, what is it? What is it about, what is the gift that I receive that allows me, allowed me to raise two kids on my own, a 21 and 23 year old who are out in the world um, and, and now helping as well other young adults. And that has everything to do with the question you asked. I started working at 16. I started working at 14, but at 16, um, there was an opportunity for me to start my own business. And, you know, my parents said yes to that in a very conservative culture. And they allowed me to go out into the world and fail and fall and get humiliated and win and lose and that is what set me up. You know, being given those chances and opportunities is what set me up for the career that I have now, which is a second career, Joe. I was, you know, over three decades in luxury fashion as an executive. So it set me up for that. And then now here, helping more specifically the young adults in a way their parents are fabulous. They did their best, but this is a generational thing for us, a challenge that we're dealing with. This generation has a hard time going out and it's because of the way we treated them. Yeah. 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 Who's been a hero for you in your life? Who's been kind of a role model? <sighs> Regular people are my role models. And I have a young aunt, younger than me, who has raised seven beautiful children and kept a beautiful home. She is my hero because, you know, when I look at what she has done, you know, stayed in a marriage, nurtured that marriage, to me, building amazing human beings is the greatest superpower in the world. So to do that with seven and then a home and a husband, and she's still young and she's going out into the world and helping others. She's the first person that comes to mind when I um, think about who I admire the most. So you've been around a lot of high powered people, but if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Oh, Beyonce. <laughs> right on. What would you like to know? Oh, how does she stay in her power? How does she do that? How is she such a queen? You yeah. know, because it's hard to be a woman. I tell you, I love being a woman. And um, I think it's also men have, it's difficult to be a man as well, but specifically for women to stay in our power yeah. without becoming, without imitating men, you know, and, you know, she has been through so much and she is not perfect. And, you know, she's, yes, she's talented, but she takes life 
by the balls and just like multiplies whatever it is that she has. And she is proud, but in a really authentic way. Yeah. You know, she's able to be vulnerable and strong at the same time. I would love, I would love to meet Beyonce and she's fabulous. <laughs> so you talk about someone like Beyonce that has all this motivation and drive. What mm -hmm. is that for you now? And what has that been for you that gets you up in the morning and makes you accomplish and do what you do and help people? Yeah. So my purpose is to make a difference in one person's life continuously. So I have this vision in my head that at my funeral, there's all these people. And honestly, I hope I don't cry talking about it because it makes me so emotional. And like nobody expects that so many people are there, but like I've touched each one of them. Maybe it was a five minute conversation. Maybe they were a client for years. Maybe it was someone I crossed paths with, but they cared. They were touched. They were transformed. They cared to be there. And that to me is success. I'm driving for that ending to my life. So I feel I'm on fire every day because every day it's like, all right, who am I touching? Yeah. And I do that through my writing, through my coaching, through a smile, you know, and making a connection with a stranger and having a momentary conversation. I don't do small talk. So that would be, I would say, my my biggest obstacle to having a better social life. <laughs> yeah. So in your professional life, what's been your best success story? Something that always puts a smile on your face. I would say that when I first started working with young adults, I kind of dove into the deep end by working with a, um, a young man, I think he was maybe 27 and he was on the spectrum. And I decided, and his parents were like, let us send you all the stuff from the doctors so you're prepared. And I said, no, don't do that. Give me a chance to treat him like everyone else. And I'm not going to step into the medical world, you know, and if there's something, if I come up against the wall, I'll let you know, but let him tell me who he is. Let him tell me who he is, because I knew that if he told me who he was, that he would take responsibility for telling the world who he is. And people work with me generally for a few years. Um, and I would say that now it's been four years later, and he went from being someone who really had no confidence, no he was so afraid to step into the world, even though he had so many resources, he had been to a great university. And now he is living truly a great life. You know, he's, he is uh, graduated. He's got a great job at NASA. He is um, very social. Um, he has a girlfriend. He loves life and his relationship with his parents are is greatly improved. Um, they're friends, as I believe adult children should be. Yeah. They should become our friends at some point yeah. if we allow them, if we yeah. stop, you know, trying to tell them how to live their lives. 
Yeah, for sure. What are you the proudest of? Of all the things that you've accomplished and done in your life, what are you the proudest of? I don't think this will come as a surprise to most parents, but, you know, my own two kids. Yeah. My yeah. own two kids. So, you know, in the realm of art, you know, books and music and art are such a big part of development. What was that for you growing up? What was the art that really inspired you? And maybe you revisit to this day. Listen, books is the reason why I am where I am. Okay. So I am a product of self-education. Now, when I picked up the Bhagavad Gita at 14 or, you know, started reading the mystic um, books of Kabbalah at 18 or dove into Buddhism, you know, at 22 and started practicing, I didn't know this is where I was going to come. Yeah. to just I, I didn't know when i started reading conversations with god and the road less traveled and you know i didn't talk to anyone about them because they you know i i had this image of success being you know uh be good in business and make money and look this way and project this kind of image and but inside my yearning was to learn more about what is outside of the material? Yeah. So books are everything to me because, you know, basically people say, well, you know, do you need to have a degree for coaching? No, you don't need to have a degree for coaching. It's not like therapy in that way, but you sure better have educated yourself deeply and widely. Yeah. Because just experience also is not enough. Yeah. You have to learn just like you go to school you know, how to think, how to learn. And I've learned that from books. Yeah. So speaking of learning and getting wisdom, let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into your 20-year-old version of yourself. You can give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What would you tell that young version of you? Hmm. I would say, look, Carolyn, it's okay to have fear. Fear is good. If something's not making you shit your pants, okay, then you're aiming too low. But I need you to move forward and do the thing with shitty pants. Yeah. <laughs> do it. I get it. <laughs> so I would probably not allow fear to hold me back as often as it did. Yeah. And I would not see it as something having gone wrong. I would right. see it as a kind of a indication that I'm probably on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this in the realm of everything that's ever happened. If you could go back in time and see an event before your own very eyes happen, what event would you love to have seen happen? Tell me, tell I'm not sure I understood. Just kind of in human history, just anything, uh -huh. whether it was the moon landing or, you know, when women got the, the, when they could vote, you know, rallies, things like that. Is there anything in human history that you would have loved to have seen happen right before your eyes? Yeah. Well, because I'm passionate about human potential. Okay. Physical, also human potential. I would love to be at the finish line or I would love to be forget the finish line, in the process of some of my heroes like Courtney DeWalter doing 250 miles or 100 miles breaking records 
at a hundred miles. Yeah. Can you imagine doing a hundred miles from uh, Palisades Tahoe, formerly Squaw Valley to Auburn in less than 20 hours? Wow. So I would have loved to have been a little bug on her shoulder and see like, what is, what is she thinking? Because you know, this is not just your body. Right. On that level of performance, the person's mind, if I could get in, if I could have a camera into what is going on in their mind, how are they self-coaching themselves? Yeah. That would be for me, the most interesting thing. Yeah. That's, that would be amazing. So everyone out there has a perception of you family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I'm a good person. And I'm someone who is always trying to do my best. So I have come to have a lot of self-compassion and self-love in this fifth decade of my life that I was lacking in the years before. So regardless of what anyone thinks about me, I know that I'm coming from a good place and I'm doing my best. And that, by the way, Joe, is so important in my work because it allows me to give that grace to my clients as well. The most critical, self-critical people are high-achieving people. So they come to coaching with a lot of judgment, self-judgment, self-criticism, lack of self-compassion, you know, they've, they've made this mistake sometime in their life where they think that that's their driving force, that if they stop criticizing themselves, they'll become complacent and they won't be driven anymore. And they'll sit on the couch and um, eat nachos like all day long. Couldn't be further from the truth. So I would say that that is how I see myself as someone who shows up every day with every intention and commitment, not just intention, but commitment to do my best. So Carolyn, if anyone wants to hire you, look into anything about your world, learn more about you, where can they go? So I'm easy to find on Instagram, Carolyn Mabubi Coach, on Facebook and LinkedIn. But the best place to benefit from my work is to go on my website and to join my community. Once you join the community, I every week you'll get no spam, but every week you'll get um, a worthy, a valuable newsletter um, that will, I think most people would find very beneficial. Wonderful. Carolyn, this has been great. Thank you so much for being raw and revealing, sharing your, your story. I really appreciate it. My great pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. (laughs) 